Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Mateo, who has had three near-death experiences, and today we're going to learn about them. Mateo, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome. Thank you, Jeff. Happy to be here. All right. If you don't mind, let's just start with your first one. So the first NDE that I had near-death experience that I had was at birth, actually, if you can believe that. Um, I was born January 19th, 1978, so I'm a Capricorn on the cusp of Aquarius. Just celebrated my 44th birthday, 44th trip around the sun. And um, at my birth, I was born breech. So I was coming out feet first, feet and butt first, as, as my dad says that I call him daddy. He's from the South, from Florida. So daddy says I was presenting um, butt first and feet first. Um, and my mom is a petite woman. She was four feet, 11, 105 pounds. So tiny woman. And, uh, and I was her second baby and it was hard for her. Um, they, she and my dad were encouraging the obstetrician to take me C-section, but they wouldn't. Uh, the doctor wouldn't. He's like, no, it's important that he's born, you know, um, he's, he has a natural birth. He's born vaginally. So um, when I came out, they used four steps and I believe like a vacuum or something like that. And when I came out, I actually was paralyzed. If I remember from what my dad said, I was paralyzed on my, um, on my, left, my left side, I believe. And so, and I wasn't breathing. So you can imagine, <coughs> excuse me, you can imagine that not breathing and then being paralyzed, how alarming that would have been to my parents. I had an experience in which I relived my birth. Um, this was probably, we're in 2022 now. This was actually before the pandemic. So it was probably around 2019. And in that experience, it was really fascinating because I um, I found myself being an observer and a participant, if that makes sense. And in the experience, I could feel the emotions of my mom, and she was, you know, trying to push. But um, I, the umbilical cord, the umbilical cord was actually wrapped. When they pulled me out from what I remember my mom telling me, the umbilical cord was wrapped right around my rib cage, like around my, um, like my heart area. And so when my mom was pushing, it was tightening on me and, and cutting off my oxygen supply. So when I came out and wasn't breathing, they quickly unwound the cord, right? And, you know, rushed me, got me oxygen. And my dad says I was on oxygen for seven to 10 days after I was born. <coughs> Excuse me. So in that time, um, well, in that experience that I had with, with my mom, I was able to feel her, um, to feel her, you know, her alarm and her concern that her baby, you know, that she was giving birth to was, was dying. Right. 
your baby wasn't able to breathe. And I just remember feeling like her panic, like you have to save my baby, you have to save my baby. So back then, this was 1978, so they didn't know whether it was going to be a boy or a girl. Interestingly enough, when I came out, when I was born, I remember her telling me that the doctor said it's a girl. And then he said, oh, it's a it's a boy. <laughs> and then <clears throat> I remember saying saying this to my mom once. I'm like, I wonder if I like switch genders right at birth because she she always wanted a girl. There's one girl. And so my first name, my legal name is Glenn, Glenn Matthew Bass. And and so when I was growing up, my mom had the nickname for me of Glenny. She called me Glenny Winnie. And so I was her, she wanted a girl, but she got me. She got her little ray of sunshine. And uh, yeah, so so that was the first experience that that I am cognizant of that I remember. Mm-hmm. Some people might say, well, you know, how can you remember something like that? But I've just always had this. I don't know, like this photographic memory, you know. Let me stop you there. I'm a little bit confused. Are you just remembering that or did you get hypnotized a couple years ago and you kind of re-experienced that? It was something that I like, I went, no, I didn't get hypnotized. Um, It was something that I went into meditation. It was something that I had always felt had happened. Well, I, so I knew, I always knew the circumstances surrounding my birth, but I was trying to figure out like, like, why would I have, you know, why would I have the gifts that I have, you know, because I'm empathic, I have second sight, um, I am clairsentient, clairaudient, clairvoyant, you know, I have these gifts. And I'm like, well, how did these come about? I've seen them in ancestors on my mom's side and my dad's side. My mom had her own gifts. But I feel like mine were activated to such a strong degree because of that near death experience at birth. And so no, I wasn't hypnotized or anything like that. I don't, I don't, I'm very careful who I exchange energy with. And so I'm very careful, you know, like people who, who practice that, um, practice those um, modalities, I guess you could say, or use those type of mediums um, for, you know, for spiritual work. I'm very, I don't know that I would say skeptical, but I'm just, I'm cautious. That's a better word. I'm very cautious. And so I don't, I, I prefer not to like, I'll give you an example. Most of the stories on like Ned's website, and I've known Ned for years, most of the stories, I was one of the original members of his group, but most of the stories on there, I don't, I don't follow the page really. Um, Most of the stories on there, I don't see. Um, Sometimes I'll peek in from time to time, but I just prefer to let things come to me organically and naturally and just let life unfold one day at a time and one step at a time. So no, I was never I was never hypnotized or anything like that. Before we move on to the next one, I want to get one more question in, and that is you mentioned that you have second sight. What is that? So well, second sight's more like I guess second sight would be from what I understand, like second sight is like a term of like you know things before they happen or you see things a lot in your mind's eye. So Capricorn's on the cusp of Aquarius. Capricorns are ruled by the crown chakra. You probably know what the chakras are. Chakras are also like chakras. Chakras are referred to as the light centers in the body. So you have your crown chakra. You have your um, third eye chakra. You have your um, throat chakra. You have your solar plexus, your heart chakra, your solar plexus chakra, um, your sacral chakra and your root chakra. And I learned about those um, 
just in my own, you know, my own study and my own journey. Um, I was born and raised in the Mormon faith, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And in my own um, maybe esoteric, um, you know, journey, I guess you could say, my own paranormal or spiritual, supernatural journey, um, I just always felt there was something more than just religion, right? And so um, I... I began studying and, and began, you know, trying to really understand. And then also looking at my family history, I've done extensive family history research on my dad's side. A lot of it had been done by my pioneer ancestors on my, um, on my mom's side, because they were pioneer ancestors who came from England and then cro- and then joined the Mormon church and then crossed the plains with the Mormon pioneers in the early, um, you know, in the, around 1845 to 1850. So um, I knew that, and I was very close to my grandmother who was a Gemini. She, she and I, she's one of my favorite people. And uh, so I learned a lot from her. And she would tell me about the spiritual, spiritual experiences that our ancestors had had, spiritual experiences that she had had. And then um, I started noticing my own gifts opening up at like a very young age, like a very, very young age. Do you think that the near-death experience was the catalyst to you getting these gifts? I honestly believe so. I feel like it if you know they were already there and I think it amplified them. It amplified them and unlocked them to a degree that, you know, there's still days where like I will be talking to people and I'm like, I say exactly. And they're like, you just read my mind. And I'm like, I know it's sometimes it's a little bit scary that I do that or I'll start asking questions. And they're like, they look some people, most people are like fascinated by it. Some people I've like, I've scared them. They're like, you're scaring me right now. And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry sorry wasn't trying to you know like so i'm very careful now i'm very very i just i i don't you know i don't read people i you know if somebody tries you know because i'll feel the spirits of people trying to communicate that had happened this morning at the gym and i was like okay i'm like why am i getting a grandfather figure it's the guy i just met and he's just like his eyes got white he's like I'm like, why is he calling you mijo? And he's like starting, like his eyes are filling with tears. And I'm like, oh, shoot. And I just turned to the grandpa. I'm like, can't do this right now. Sorry. I'm like, I got to go to work, you know? So, uh, and the guy like reached out to me after and he was like, he's like, I'm so glad I connected with you. We're going to be great friends. And I was like, yeah, like I'm only, I only do it for people who are open and receptive. I had some, I had some bad, sadly had some bad experiences with it. Bad, I shouldn't label them bad learning experiences you know, with, with that, because you're always going to get the naysayers and the doubters and stuff like that. Or, you know, I've, I've done readings in the past and I'm open to doing them again. You know, if your audience audience is listening, I am open to doing that, but whatever comes up in a session comes up, Jeff. And I tell people, I would tell people that I'd say, look, I made it affordable, you know, for, for people, you know, I was always cognizant, you know, of people's situations and stuff and I'd make it affordable, but I would tell them, I'd say, look, you may not like what's going to come up but the body keeps the score, the astral and the physical body keeps the score. And if they, if those things are ready to be healed and and ready to come up and come out, you, you just, you either accept it and move forward or you don't accept it and you stay stagnant and the energy stays stuck. And Mm -hmm. and I say that from personal experience, Jeff, I've had that happen in my own life. I spent a year brief relationship. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll go off on a quick tangent, very quick. And then we'll circle back. In, um, you know, I've been divorced. I was married for 15 years and we were in what's called a mixed orientation marriage. So I, that, that's parlance in the, in the, um, in the Mormon faith. 
So I am a bisexual man. I guess you could, you, I don't like labels, but I'm attracted to both genders have been since I was a kid and, and, and knew that um, attracted to girls and, you know, and well, attracted to, to men and to women. And my ex-wife knew and we tried to make it work, you know, and we were married for 15 years and stuff like that. And it, it was really, really hard. The last four or five years of our marriage were really, really difficult for both of us. But, um, you know, no, knowing that and trying to, trying to live, you know, life and stuff like that with that. And then also trying to reconcile those, um, those things, um, you know, with the teachings and stuff like that of my faith. Um, and also, you know, trying to accept my gifts was really, really difficult since I've accepted myself for who I am and the attraction that I have. And I've come to realize that it really more than anything, I'm more attracted to energy, to the energy of another person. Um, it's, it's been really, it's been really helpful. It's been incredibly, um, helpful to me. But, um, when I did, you know, some medium work, I had a friend I had met at the gym and she encouraged me in it. Um, and my first session I connected with her dad and it was a very healing session for her. A lot of tears shed, a lot of emotion release and stuff like that. And, um, and she subsequently, like she had people lined up for me. So I started doing readings. The, the fact of the matter was at the, at the time when I did the readings, I wasn't healed and I'm in a, I'm in a completely different space now where I am healed and I am healing. And so because of that, um, because I can stand firm and resolute in my own power and in my own emotions, I'm able to create a safe space for, um, for people who are, who are looking for that. But like I said, Jeff, like, you know, the body keeps the score energy presents itself because it wants to, um, it wants to be released. It wants to be healed. And, um, sorry, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Okay, so the se- so the second near death experience happened in um, two thousand and eight, eighteen, two thousand eighteen. So in two thousand eighteen, January January nineteen, two thousand eighteen, I turned forty, and um, I was uh, so I actually was in around two thousand sixteen. Just to back up a little bit. In 2016, I was in a um, chaplain program to become a interfaith chaplain, provide hospice services, different things like that. And when I was in that chaplain program, Jeff, I had three things come to me energetically. I remember I was sitting sitting here. I'm actually in the same, living in the same um, tiny basement apartment where we were all living together. I'm still here, and they moved a couple houses away. My ex-wife bought a, bought a home two doors down or two houses away from me. So um, I remember it coming to me energetically that three things were going to happen, Jeff. Number one, I was going to leave the Mormon church, the church of my faith, the religion of my faith. Number two, I was going to get divorced. And number three, I was going to come out and live and love authentically. So come out as, I guess, gay or a bisexual man. Now that caused such an overwhelming amount of... um, uh, like what, what would be the term panic, I guess, you know, thinking like, okay, here's my life mission. And here are things that I have to do that I, um, I actually, I really struggled, Jeff. Like I started having trouble sleeping. I started having anxiety and mind you at the time I wasn't doing the things that I needed to be doing. Like I wasn't 
practicing good self-care, like exercising, eating right and different things like that. So it became very overwhelming for me. And I remember thinking like, how am I going to do this? Um, and, you know, I was married to my ex at the time and stuff. And uh, so this was 2000. So we're, we're, we're back to 2016. Well, started getting to the point where I felt like, and this happens with people. I don't know if you know anything about like awakenings or Kundalini awakenings or different things like that. Mm-hmm. This, this happens to people and I was starting to awaken. And, you know, a lot of times with a Kundalini awakening, you feel like you're going crazy. And I literally thought, I thought I'm losing my mind. I'm literally, and, and I was, if I think about it now, I was losing my mind because my paradigms were shifting. Everything was breaking down. Everything was being completely stripped away from me. And, um, and that happening when that happened, like it was, it was setting the course, it was setting the course for what would later happen. And, you know, the near death experience, but, um, I actually, sadly enough, ended up and your, your viewers, um, will, will understand this. I ended up in an inpatient psychiatric unit for eight days here in, in Utah, in a town 20 minutes away called Payson. Mm-hmm. And it was a very scary time for me, Jeff, to be in that kind of situation and to be, you know, they wanted to medicate me and do all these other things. And they said I had major depressive disorder. And I was able to, um, I've been able to completely cure that through coming to know who I really am, through going through my own awakening, through changing my eating habits, through exercise, through mindfulness and meditation and, and you know, and then talking to good friends, you know, and just living and loving authentically. Um, so in 2018, when we made the decision to get the divorce, my ex-wife, my former wife, had been um, had been asking me for four years for a divorce. The first time that she, she spoke about it with more urgency and, and basically, you know, with some some threatenings, I guess you could say, was in 2016 when we went on a family, our first family vacation out of state. We went to Legoland with the children. Um, I have a daughter who's nearly 15 and a son who's almost 10, my little Libra and my Pisces. And we were driving down, um, heading down south. Um, We were actually just around Beaver, Utah. And I remember her turning to me and she said, "Um, if things don't change in the next, you know, six weeks or six months or something, she said, I want a divorce. And I just remember looking at her and I said, how could you say this? I'm like, this is our first vacation together. You know, and I remember I was really emotional, upset and stuff like that. Well, when I turned 40 in January of 2018, we were both physically, we weren't healthy. We had grown apart. We weren't happy. And, um, I remember going out to, uh, to lunch with a friend and making, you know, making the, you know, actually making the decision and realizing like, okay, I'm ready. And so that, um, that day I went back home and we, you know, lay down together in bed and just, you know, we're just chatting. And, and I told her, I I said, I want a divorce and not realizing at the time that that was going to be a major catalyst and what would, would happen next. So when I was, um, after that, after that experience, um, we decided that we would give ourselves the opportunity to get to know other people, right. And start opening our hearts to, you know, um, 
other relationships or friendships with other people. For me, for her, you know, it was other men. For me, it was other other men as well, having not explored that side of me, of myself. So I um I met somebody, and in the course of meeting that person online, um, he was in Idaho at the time, and he decided to come down to Utah to visit and wanted me to come stay with him. So I um I did. And in that experience, um, some things happened that weren't to my liking and stuff like that and, and not things that I had agreed to. And so when I, um, the next day, the gravity of the situation hit me. And I remember that I was, I'm actually in the same room that I was in. I was laying in bed and I was mourning the loss of my, you know, the impending loss of my marriage. So I was having what's called anticipatory grief. I was mourning the law, the, you know, the soon to be loss of my marriage of my children, because we had decided that she would, we'd have joint custody, but they would live with her. She was going to buy, you know, the home down the street. And all these things were just culminating all at one time. And then I was remembering also the experience that I had had with, um, you know, with this man, which was unpleasant for me. And um, I was laying there and just remember thinking that I, I wanted to take my own life. Like I remember thinking that um, it would be better off, Jeff, if I just ended everything. I thought, well, you know, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I could live as a gay man I live in a, um, I live in a, a, um, a culture, for example, that, that first and foremost is, has not been the most welcoming towards members of the LGBTQIA community. They are doing a lot better than they have done in the past. And at this point, my emotions were so raw and so overwhelming that the only way that I could see out because the darkness was so, was so prevalent, Jeff, the only way I could see out was to take my own life. I thought I, my kids will be better off. My ex can find somebody else to marry. They'll be happy with a new dad. And I was laying on the bed and I still, I actually have the picture in my Google photos. I could, I could send it to you after the call if you'd like, but you just see the, the emotion in my face, my eyes just filled with tears um, and just how I, I just felt like I was literally dying inside. And I remember calling out in, in prayer and I said, my kids were in the living room and they were nearly, this would have been January, 2018, nearly six. So five and it would have been 11. So five and 10 at the time. And I, cried out in prayer and said to to God, to God and also to my um to my mom, I said, just take me home. And at the moment I said that, I felt a separation from my body, in which I stepped out of my body and I was suddenly standing in this um for lack of a better term, I mean there was darkness, but I could see light off in the distance. And my mom was there. My mom at that time had been deceased for six, almost six years. 
She died in March 2012, and this was 2000, January 2018. She was standing there dressed in white. Um, I'd say she looked like she was in her 30s. She died at 62. Standing there, and she was just, she was crying. She, I could visibly see her emotion, and she could, she was, you know, like, my Glennie's hurting, my baby's hurting. Like, what do I do? And, um, and I just remember, like, I, we were communicating telepathically, and I was like, Mom, I can't do this anymore. I just want to come home. Please take me home. She, she took, she put her arm out like to indicate she was pointing to something and she said look and i looked and it was like i don't know how to i'll describe it the best way i can i was i was my body was laying on the bed but my soul was still tethered to my body and she was showing me an alternate reality she was showing me what would happen if i decided to take my own life so I saw myself get up out of the bed. I walked into the living room and I saw the kids and they were there playing with the Kindle, you know, watching TV or Peppa Pig or something. I think it was Peppa Pig. And they're watching an episode and they were laughing. Well, I went to the stove and behind the stove in the kitchen, there are two little cupboard doors and that leads to the crawl space underneath the house. In the crawl space, there is a shotgun. And it was in a bag and it was a shotgun that my dad had gone to got years ago. And I always knew that there was a gun in the house and I felt entirely uncomfortable having it. And then talked to my former wife and it said, I don't feel comfortable having that in the house. We should get it out. So I, um, I saw myself now remember my soul is, you know, my soul still tethered to my body and I'm watching this in real time. I pulled the, pulled the oven back from the cupboard doors from the wall, opened the cupboard doors, stepped, you know, and I'm five feet two, you know, so I'm, I'm not a tall man. I stepped in underneath the house. I pulled this and the kids were still playing. I pulled the shotgun out of the bag. And I don't, I haven't shot a gun since Boy Scouts when I was probably, you know, a teenager. And I pointed the gun and then I put the barrel in my mouth and pulled the trigger. And I remember feeling like, my head just explode. I saw myself drop to the ground and blood just gushing out of the back of my head. Well, the kids heard the, the gun go off. They come running in and they see me lying there. They're screaming at the top of their lungs. And at the, and at the time that this was happening, it was like I was in simultaneous, simultaneous experiences. Okay. Um, and this may be very hard for, you know, for you and, and for the viewers to wrap their hands, heads around, but I was in simultaneous, um, simultaneous experiences at the same time, because that, because I was, I was doing this, I had, was killing myself, killed myself. I was also laying back on the bed, but I was also communicating with my former wife via text and my, and then two of my best friends, two of my best guy friends. And I said, I'm, you know, I'm going, I'm going, I'm getting the gun and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to pull the trigger. And everyone, all three of them were like, no. And my former wife, I remember said, I'm on my way home. She's a school teacher. So she's racing because she says, please don't do this. And she's racing to get home. So I see that I put the gun in my mouth, shoot, shoot myself. The kids come screaming. 
come running and screaming and I am standing there disincarnate. I'm standing next to my body, just pure energy. And I remember it was like, like silvery. Like I was just like this silvery, like gossamer, like, like very fine, um, like silk or something like that. Like just standing there disembodied, looking at the kids and looking at my body and thinking I'm free. And then, and my mom was standing there and she was just crying and she, she was very emotional and she looked at me and she said, look, Lenny, and she swept her hand out again to indicate, to point. And she pointed to, and it's like she was showing me the future. And she pointed to my daughter. And she said, look, and I saw her and, and it was like, it shifted. The, the, they weren't, I don't think they were here living. They were living somewhere else. They must have been, well, they were in the house. They would have been in the house because she moved out in July. So they would have been in the house. My daughter was in school. She had her backpack on her back and she was walking down the halls of the school. And I was standing next to her, like floating next to her in the air. And I heard her in her head saying, why did my daddy not love me enough to stay? And, oh gosh, I'm actually surprised I can tell this story without, I, it used to just wreck me emotionally whenever I would tell it. But I just remember thinking to myself, I cannot do this, Jeff, to my daughter. I cannot do this. And I was trying to understand because, you know, look, I'm, I'm out of my body, but my soul's still tethered to my body laying on the bed. And I remember looking back at my body and it just, it looked dead. It looked dead. And I remember thinking like, this is it. Like I, like mom is showing me what will happen. This will be my reality. I will forever be tethered to those kids and the consequences of my act. I do not pass any sort of judgment whatsoever on somebody who takes their own life in large part, because I know I've been in that dark spot. I know what it's like to see no other way out, but I had a very beautiful and special gift given to me in which my mom showed me, this is what will happen. And your daughter has a huge mission to perform here on this earth. You have a huge mission. You will change the trajectory of her life, of your son's life, and it will be a ripple effect that will affect thousands of lives. As you, you, before you came to this earth, before you incarnated and took on a body, you made agreements with people. You made agreements that you were going to be there for them. You have a mission to perform. So when she showed that, she, my mom knew exactly what to show me. So when she showed me that, it's like I turned and I said, I'll go back. When I went back into my body, it was like, like a, like pow, like a slam. And I remember suddenly like, like just filling this jolt. And I thought I have to get up because it scared me so much because I remember thinking suddenly with Jeff, it was like that. That gun is in this house. I have to get that gun out of this house now. And I'm laying there on the bed. And my mom said to me, she said, as clear as day, she said, run. And I couldn't, I couldn't move. I was immobilized. Like I was immobilized on the bed. I was completely paralyzed. I couldn't, I could not move. She said, run the second time with more force. And I still couldn't. I was like, mom, I can't move. I can't move. Like I cannot get out of this bed. Something, some unseen power, Jeff, was like keeping me like frozen, like frozen, like some sort of paralysis. 
the third time I heard her say run with like as much force. My mom was a very quiet woman, but she said run with such force that it like, and I could literally feel her. It was like, she suddenly was underneath me and she pushed me as hard as she could. And I just flew up out of the bed onto my feet. My son at that very moment, he's 10 now. So he would have been almost five. He walked, he walked into the room and I think he's, he's intuitive and has his own special gifts. I think he felt that energy and he walked into the room and I quickly pushed him to the, you know, like gently pushed him to the side and I was just sobbing and he's like, daddy, what's wrong? And I said, I have to get out of the house. And I ran out of the house, ran upstairs and I was banging on the the door to my, um, my grandmother's house and she came and she said, what's wrong, sweetie? Oh my goodness. What's wrong? Cause I just couldn't catch my breath. I was panicking. I was having an anxiety attack. I finally, she said, come in. She took me by the hand, led me to the table. I sat down and she got me calm enough. And she said, tell me what's wrong. What happened? And so I told her, and I said, the gun's downstairs. And if the gun stays downstairs, I said, I'm going to take my life. I, I, I have to get out of here. So luckily at that same moment, my, my former wife arrived home and she came up and she looked at me she took one look at me. She said, get out of here, you know, in, in a nice way. She said, get out of the house and take as much time as you need. And so I did. And, uh, that was my second, that was my second near death experience. Thank you for sharing that experience. And, and I feel like your, your mother gave you a powerful vision. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I, I, I still sometimes am in, in awe, like how she was just able to show that to me so clearly, like, look, you do this. You, you have no idea what it's going to do. You think that it's going to solve your problems. It won't. You will be chained to every consequence, like literally chained to every consequence of your act. You know, like you will be with, you will be chained with these children for, for eternity. Like, well, you know, for, for the rest of their mortal lives and you, it will not solve any problems for you. You have got to, you know, you've got to, you've got to live, you know, you have to live because you have a mission to perform. All right, well, let's move on to the third one because I want to make sure we have enough time to get it all in. Okay. So the third one, so, um, and this actually circles back to the brief relationship that I had. So I have had one relationship in the four years that I've been divorced. Um, I've continued living, you know, in my grandmother's basement and renting from her. And then my dad actually um, moved in with me as well. And so we, you know, were roommates and stuff. Um and in, so the guy that I dated, we met at work and we were together probably three, three and a half months. It was a very brief relationship. And he left on October 15th of 2020. So we were in, you know, the midst of the pandemic. Coincidentally, I feel like my mom was trying to lead me back to the Mormon church. I had resigned as a member in the midst of my divorce in March of 2018. So I feel like my mom was trying to lead me back to the Mormon church, or at least a reconciliation with God and with my faith and spirituality in general. And I was blocking her out. I was blocking her out, um, Jeff, because it was so painful to feel her. It was very like bittersweet for me. 
And a lot of times when I would feel her, I just get so over, overwhelmed with emotion. I, I just didn't know what to do. So I blocked her out. I intentionally blocked her out and I didn't want to fill her. And I think we all do that to some degree, right? However, we choose to mask it, to mask the pain and the emotion. So I was blocking her out, met him. We had this brief relationship and the whole time, I'll make mention of this, the whole time we were together, she was, she was trying to speak to me energetically and also through other people and just saying like, this isn't going to work out. This isn't part of your path. You have to heal yourself first. And then someone will come into your life when you're healed. And I just, oh, whatever, mom, I can do my own thing. You know, this is fun. I mean, I, you know, the time was in my forties, you know, early forties and, and this young man was 22. And so it was like, you know, oh yeah, this is fun, you know? And, uh, you know, looking back now, it, it, it taught me some good lessons. Um, so when he left in October, October 15th of 2020, it re-traumatized me, Jeff. It re-traumatized me and Matt had me realizing that I was not healed from my divorce. I was not healed from the relationship with my former wife. Because even though we were never good as husband and wife, we were the best of friends. And losing her friendship was really, really difficult, to, despite us being in a mixed orientation marriage and me, you know, having an attraction to both genders. Um, we were the best of friends and made a great team in that aspect. So I was re-traumatized when he left. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, mom, fine. So I will just live the rest of my life alone. Everybody else gets to have happiness. Everyone else gets to find somebody to spend the rest of their life with. But here's your Glennie. Glennie gets to spend the rest of his life alone. And I started feeding into that negative energy, uh, Jeff. And if you know, you know about energy, I know about energy. Our listeners know about energy, what what you feed into, what wolf you feed on the inside, right? It becomes your reality. And so I was just feeding in the into the negativity. And my former um former boyfriend, he was he was a very negative person as well. Very immature and very negative. And just um and so I just fed into that energy. And it just got worse and worse. Jeff, it got worse and worse and and I started really to go downhill. I stopped eating. Um, I was just barely hanging on. I was barely hanging on. Around November of last year, I'd been receiving a prompting from my mom that I needed to go home. And home for me was um, Northern California. Born in North Hollywood, I was raised near Santa Cruz and Monterey in the um, Central Valley of California, Central Coast. And I was resisting it, Jeff. I didn't want to go home because there were far too many memories for me of my mom. And, you know, I, I, you know, going back to what I said earlier, I shut her off. I thought, I don't, I just want to, you know, I, I don't want to fill her. It's too painful. I finally decided, you know what, I'm just going to bite the bullet. I'm going to go home. So I contacted my cousins and um, my mom had a sister named Pam and a brother named Matt. And I was going to visit Aunt Pam and her husband and their daughter um, and then my, their daughters too daughters and grandchildren and I went home and had a great trip and it was very very healing for me when I came back I drove back and got home on a Saturday on a Monday morning November 15th of 2021 I woke up at 2 30 in the morning in an insanely extreme amount of pain that I have never experienced in my life I'm near. I'm 44 now, and I've never, besides breaking a finger playing football in my freshman year of high school, have never had any injuries. Broke a foot once, 
um, rolled at like going down the stairs selling security systems. Um, because I was wearing, as my former wife would say, you were wearing those cute shoes because you wanted to look nice selling door to door. It's like, yes, I was. So, um, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a healthy person. I'm a healthy person. Never had any health issues. The pain that I was having in, um, on my right side, in the upper flanks of my right side, I immediately, I just, you know, went within and I was like, I think I'm having a kidney stone and I don't drink soda. Relatively healthy person. I, I had been having a little bit, probably eating too much sugar and too much like fatty, fatty foods, like too much pizza and stuff like that. And I remember this was about 2.30 in the morning and I was going to work. I was having to get up for work at seven. So it's 2.30 in the morning and I'm thinking, I can't do this. You know, come six or six o'clock, I'm going to call my boss and tell him I'm passing the kidney stone. Something's happening and I'm going to have to stay home or I'm going to have to go to the hospital. The pain got so bad. I literally Jeff felt like somebody was taking a knife and just stabbing me in the kidneys and was just like serrating my kidneys just back and forth. I'd never experienced pain like that. I was laying here on the bed and I was back and forth to the bathroom and I was just, I was in such agony. And I, and, and once again, is similar, similar to what had happened. This was a physical pain. Now, how interesting that this second near death experience, Jeff was physical pain. But I'm laying here and I thought I just wanted the pain to stop. And I cried out to God and to my mom again. But I said something different this time. I said, heal me. I want to be healed, balance and align my chakras and fill my body with light. When I said that, I fell asleep and I slept for three hours. And in those three hours... I can only I can only imagine that I was well I know exactly where I was in I was in some sort of heavenly well I'm hearing that I was in some sort of council room or something like that but it felt like a heavenly hospital where I was being healed it was completely white it was completely white Jeff and it was a whiteness that like defies all description and I was just surrounded in it I was just bathed in this light I believe that I was bathed in the light of God, of God's presence. And I felt my mom there. I felt her presence. I didn't see her this time as I had in, you know, times past. But I felt that healing. And when I woke up, the pain was gone. And I got up and I showered and I went to work and I went into my office and I looked at my boss. I said, I just passed a kidney stone. And he said, are you serious? And I said, I said, yeah, I said, actually, I'm passing it right now. When I went to the bathroom later that day, I didn't even realize it, but the, um, you know, the toilet bowl was filled with blood and it was, it was like a, it was a lighter blood, um, which made me realize when I had, you know, used the bathroom earlier in that morning when I was in such pain that I, I was passing it, you know, but I didn't have the light on. I was just sitting there in the dark, just in agony and in pain. That experience, Jeff set me on a path of, of awakening of complete awakening and acceptance of my divine mission here on the earth and what I'm supposed to do. And that would be another, you know, another call that we could have or another interview if you, you know, if you're interested in doing so, but the things that have happened to me and the things that I have experienced and things that I have been choosing since that experience have completely changed the trajectory of my life.
my my um me as a me showing up first and foremost as a son of god me showing up as a father me showing up as an employee me showing up as a son as a friend and people are like what's happened to you and i'm like well i know my mission i'm i'm my body's my chakras are aligned and balanced and my body's filled with light and i know exactly the direction that i'm that i'm heading in so um so that was my third near-death experience let me ask you this where are you on your spiritual journey at this point are you spiritual or have you gone back to the lds faith so interestingly enough, I am spiritual, but I am being rebaptized a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And some people, um, you know, have thought like, really? I mean, I had my my former wife said something funny. She's like, so you're just going to live, uh, be celibate for the rest of your life? And I said, well, first and foremost, um, I'm not concerned about my sexuality anymore. I I know what I want out of my life. I know that my path is going back, um, part of that path is going back to the Mormon church and rejoining as a member, being rebaptized. So that will happen the end of this month. Interestingly en- uh, enough, Jeff, you raised that question, it makes me remember that in 2019, I had a reading done by my good friends, a little bit of a promotion and shout out, my good friends, uh, Tali and Ofi Edut, who are astrologers for Elle magazine who run a website, fantastic website called um, Astrostellar. They um, term themselves the Astro Twins. But Tolly, not even knowing me, had done a reading for me as part of a, um, a promotional offer, something I had received in something called B School by Marie Forleo. And she had said, she's like, you're going to go back to the Mormon church. And I remember... At the time, I said, oh, hell no, Tolly, like that is not going to happen, you know, um, but she saw the things that would happen and she was exactly right. She was exactly right to a T. And so, so yeah, at this, at this time, at this conjuncture, this point in my life, I am uh, returning to the roots of my childhood faith to Mormonism. After your third NDE, how do you think you have changed the answer to that question is that I finally know, not only know, but have accepted who I am and my mission here upon the earth. And my mission, first and foremost, is to love. My, my hashtag that I've used, I've used it on Instagram since I began, since actually, well, a couple of, of hashtags that I use. And you can find me, listeners, you can find me with these hashtags on Instagram and also Facebook. Um, hashtag bird set free. Hashtag the key is love. Hashtag um, free to be me. Hashtag I am still here. Um, hashtag timeless and iconic. <laughs> And the the one that I love the most, hashtag as if by magic. Those are the um, hashtags that I use. But those, um, the reason I use those hashtags is they're, they're so relevant to me and to my journey, Jeff, and um, have allowed me really that third near-death experience. What I received in meditation from my mom, I will tell you this, was that she came through in a very strong yet quiet way and said to me, just be, just be, be in the moment, live your life and just be guided by love. 
Did any one of these experiences, especially the second and third, seem more real than life as it is right now? Yeah. Yeah. Especially the second one, especially the second one, because it was so detailed and so powerful. And then I've had my mom show up in so many ways since, and my dad would actually be a second witness to this. I have a second witness in him in which he has done things, um, or I'm sorry, my mom has done things and shown him now where he's like, he has no doubt. He's like, what is your mom doing? And I'm like, she's leading us along on this path, her and God hand in hand and other relatives. Yeah. I know I know without a doubt that there's no death. There's no death. We just simply change form. That's all it is. And I'm I'm not scared to die because I know, well, I won't die. First off, my energy will just, will just transform. But I know that my mom's energy will be there to meet me and to greet me. I've I've been shown exactly how it'll happen. And I know exactly when I will see her and how I will greet her and um, how wonderfully beautiful it'll be. You know, I don't have any doubt about it. So it's so nice to be free from that, to be free from that, the fear, that pain and that anxiety. You know, I, I'm not, I still have, I still have my days, you know, where, um, you know, I still have my time sometimes where like there's the doubt creeps back in and stuff, but then I remember, or my mom will come through and she'll be like, it'll be a song. It'll be something somebody says, she'll speak through another person. And then that speaks to me and pricks my heart. And I remember, oh, yeah, this is the path that I'm on, especially knowing that I have such a huge responsibility. That was something really hard to accept. But she's just she re- continues to remind me. She'll call me Glennie to get my attention. She'll say, Glennie, just take it a day at a time. Just take it a step at a time and a day at a time. That's all you have to do. So that's what I focus on. Just living for today. Being present. Do you think you've had any negative after effects from these experiences? So the only one that I would say is um, like I've lost some friendships and one of them in particular, which she, she's probably, she's a woman, probably not listening. She was a very good friend of mine I met at the gym and she encouraged me to, to, you know, to monetize my services as a medium, which, you know, which it's, it's, is fair, you know, is fair because it's a work and it takes a lot out of you. And I, and I did, but it was very affordable. But um, a friend of hers that I did a reading for, he was not satisfied with the reading and complained to her. And then she called me and she said some very ugly things to me. And I've forgiven her. I've extended the olive leaf of forgiveness, but there's nothing there. And, and it's hard. It's hard for me, Jeff, because I work out at a local gym and I see her every morning, you know, but I'm just like, well, you know, she knows. I would be friends with her again, you know, because I don't bear her any ill will. And when I, when I did the reading for her and then I subsequently actually did a reading for her mother. And when I did the reading for her mother, I learned things about her father, which completely made sense why she is the way she is and why she is the person. You know, like I said, the body keeps the score and energy doesn't lie. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, it actually made me, made me quite emotional when I learned those things because I finally realized, so this is why she is the way she is, you know? So, um, so negative after effects overall, no, more than anything, it's been healing. I have more energy. I sleep better. I still, 
you know, I get by on probably four to five hours of sleep. I don't sleep much at night. Even if I go to bed early, say like, you know, before 10 o'clock, I'll sleep like four or five hours, sometimes six if I'm lucky. And and I wake up, I typically wake up about three o'clock in the morning and just my body's ready to go. And I get to the gym at four and yeah, you know, I mean, it's seven o'clock here, seven ten here in Utah, and I'm thinking, oh, you know, I, I got still got about three hours left. You know, I can do some more things and stuff like that. So, I'm sort of a workhorse, but no, no negative, no negative after effects. It's been a beautiful experience, more than anything. All of them have been beautiful experiences, blessings. All right. Well, after watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions or chit chat with you. Are you open to that? And if so, how can they find you? Yes. So you can find me on Facebook, Glenn Matthew Bass. So I'll spell it out. G-L-E-N-M-A-T-H-E-W-B-A-S-S. Or you can find me under Mateo Glenn Bass, M-A-T-E-O-G-L-E-N. B-A-S-S. Remember, Matthew has one T, Glenn has one N. Um, you can also connect with me on Instagram at, um, let's see here. I've got two Instagram accounts. So there's Mr. M-I-S-T-E-R dot Mateo, M-A-T-E-O 21. And then there's also G Matthew with one T Bass. So that's all together. That's also another IG handle I have. Or you can call me. You can text me. Um, my phone number is 435-513-5942. Yeah, I'm open to that. All right. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Just remember in your daily interactions, from the moment you wake up in the morning to the moment that you go to sleep at night, that the key is love. And if you can follow that and choose that and choose in and lean in and embrace love each and every day, I can promise you that your life will change for the better. Because as I have done that, I have seen the blessings and the magic that comes from just allowing yourself to love. Thank you for that message, Mateo. And thank you for being my guest this evening. I really appreciate you and I wish you the best. Thank you, Jeff. It's been a pleasure. Likewise and have a great evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.